Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast. Before it starts, I just wanted to let you know that there's about two minutes um, on two different sections of the episode where the audio is a bit choppish. Kindly bear with us as we learn um, and stick through those few moments. Thank you. Love and light. Hey, 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 fellow impactors. Welcome to the podcast that gives you a glimpse into how a little collision can impact us into motion. This is Stories of Impact with Shashiko, that's me, also known as Aisha Machiko. Uh, in today's episode, we'll sit down with a fellow impactor. She's a leader, a friend, a sister. She is a creator. She's an award-winning producer amongst many, many other amazing things. Uh, you might know her for some of the shows she's done, like Real Lovers of Nairobi, This Love, So Family, and so much more. You can find her on Instagram at Lucky Paralyzer. And I'd like us to all welcome, so scream in your rooms, Caroline Gajiri. Welcome to our community of impactors. So before we start with the questions, let okay. me give them a little bit of background as to why you're here, because everybody here has impacted me in one way or another. Okay. So Caroline is here because she's impacted me. I first met Carol in 2020. Um, she was shooting at a family member's house, and at that point, my interest in film and TV production had just peaked. And I was like, look at this lady in um, running this show amongst all these men. I was like, wow. So we got to talking and chatting and just hearing her story and hearing the shift in her career and how she was thrown into production. I guess that's how I would put it. I don't know if you'd put it like that. Yeah. And how she's just taken it with, with in stride and just done amazing things since then and now is the head of production um, at the company she works at. So after talking to her, I was like, wow, this woman is absolutely remarkable. From how, and then leave alone that talking to her. I started working for her um, the next year and she runs this place with such a gentleness and a youthfulness and confidence. And she's really able to hold her own, even in a space that, honestly, I think it was created for you, but then I feel like a lot of, I think a lot of these spaces are very male-dominated, although I feel like you're exactly where you need to be in this life. The spaces are not... They're created for us, but they don't really want us there. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. And I feel like you did in such a great way. Mm-hmm. Um, so to my former boss and powerhouse, Caroline, tell us your story. Um, yeah, hi. we can start with the shift of your career and how you ended up in production. Okay. Um, I would have to go, like, way, way back. Okay. Um, when I finished high school, I knew I was going to go into aviation because my dad had introduced me to aviation and yeah. I fell in love with it and I was like, I want to be a pilot. So I finished, I was 17. I started pursuing my private pilot license at Standards Aviation in Wilson Airport. And um, I garnered around 26, 27 hours. I was just about to take my... Uh, private pilot license exam and our results for KCC had come out I had passed and my dad is like you know you're so young you need to experience life so you have to go to campus you've been called to a government school and I'm like what do you mean I'm in love with aviation you know that's what I want to do so we quarreled a bit and eventually I went to campus all the way in Kisumu in Masano First of all, I had never been to that side of the country. I had no friends on that side. I had never heard of this university. 
and there was I had just been called to pursue international relations and diplomacy mm. with IT. And I took it in stride, but my first year was my hardest because I didn't want to be in school there. Mm. I still wanted to be in aviation. And I would constantly fly back to Nairobi almost every weekend just to see my folks and sort of feel like I'm still at home. Yeah. And eventually one day my mom told me, you know, Carol, your certificate is going to be written in your name, not my name or not mm. your dad's name. You should try and make, make something out of it. So then, I mean, that was a wake-up call for me. So took my studies a bit more seriously, started taking up a lot of co-curricular activities. So over the weekends, I would like um, look for opportunities to work with different organizations in Kisumu. And that's how, um, in one or another, made my way to where I am today. So I worked with IMAX in Kisumu for a short while. I'd volunteer over the weekend to sort of help them bring to life their marketing ideas. And I met Mr. Moniki Magari. At that time, he was, or still is, one of the directors at Young Rich yeah. TV. So I helped him put together an event. It was successful. And at the end, he just commented on how professional I was in assisting them in the event for someone who was young. I was, I think, 18, 19. Mm. And he asked me what are my ambitions. And I just told him, hey, honestly, right now, I don't know because I still plan to go back to aviation. Mm but I'll keep your number and see if we can connect later. Later on, I graduated. Um, then my dad was like, no, we can't do, we can't go take you back to aviation because I don't have the money right now. I'm like, okay, cool. So we have to pivot at this point. I worked for an advertising firm for a few months and then I just didn't feel like I was, um, it wasn't a fit for me, so mm. I left. And I reached out to Monique and asked him, hey, is there anything I could sort of learn or is there any place I could even come and intern? Mm. So he sets up an interview for me with Eugene Bogwa, CEO of DNR Studios. And hey, I know nothing about film production, mm. zero. I didn't even know people go to school for film. So I go for this interview. I just Googled who Eugene is and that's all I know. And the interview was terrible. Okay. Have you ever gone for an interview and you just yeah. know, yeah, I'm not going to get that job. The only thing Eugene and I connected on in that interview was our love for aviation. Mm. So when I left that office, I was like, you know what, it's okay. Even if I didn't get that job, it's fine. At least I met a fellow aviation fanatic like me. Mm. But I, between the time I graduated and that time, mm. I really prayed about um, finding a job that makes my voice a tool to be resourceful. You know, like I wanted to I wanted to stay true to my why. You know, why am I looking for a job? Is because I genuinely feel like I would be resourceful in anything that I do. Mm. It didn't matter what industry I was going to be placed in, but I knew whatever I'm going to to end up. Um, where I'm going to end up, I'm going to give it my very best. Mm. I'm going to make sure that I leave that place better than I found it, from the systems to the people, whatever it was. So I stayed true to that. And I went to so many interviews, and I would gauge, is this a place where my voice would you know, add to something? Mm. Or 
um, is this a place truthfully I would be resourceful, you know? Is this an environment also that allows young people like me to be resourceful? So later I was called back to Young Reach, which is a surprise for me, mm. but not for production. Mm. So that time I was really good at social media and mm. what that looks like. So they asked me to join in sort of like an intern in their yeah. social media department and I was happy to. So I took that up, I think, um, within the first few months, COVID hit. And now, you know, we're shutting down, we're working from home. They're like, we can't sustain your contract, so I'm sorry, this ends now. And I'm like, oh, well, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but later, I think one of the producers quit around that time. And they asked me, would you be willing to learn how to produce a show? Because... At that point, I was really very invested in whatever we were doing at yeah. Young Rich. I would watch their shows and ask a lot of questions. So they gave me the opportunity to start working with them as a production assistant. Mm. And that was huge for me. But remember, I have no background whatsoever in film production. Yeah. So I remember my first show was Foods of Kenya, which is on KTN. And um, the first show I went on set to produce, um, the first two episodes were my worst episodes ever. Mm. I do not recommend you to watch. <laughs> so we went to shoot this show and I didn't know what it means to be a producer. Yeah. You just sit there and watch people do what they're doing. What do you do as a producer? Yeah. You know, And I, I didn't have anyone to sort of like teach me or train me. So we came back to Nairobi and the editors are looking at the footage and they're like, what is this? Mm. There's no sense of direction in this footage. So the CEO asks for a report as to why those episodes are particularly that bad. They've never seen episodes that bad. <laughs> oh no! So now I'm feeling terrible because I'm supposed to be a producer. Yeah. And my first trip, I deliver nothing. So then I bought this A4 book and I said, this is going to be my university for film. Mm. I sat down with the drivers. I sat down with the sound recordists. I sat down with the camera operators. I sat down with the editors, mm. our admin from our secretaries to everybody who is involved in production. Mm. And I got to understand what production is from everyone's perspective. Yeah. What do they do? What are their challenges? What are their, um, what are their joys in production? What do they expect a producer to do? What do they expect um, the different roles in production to do? So now I made it a point to learn on the ground aggressively mm. and watch as much content as I possibly can around film production. So then on my next trip, I started now really understanding what it means to be a producer. Mm. Um, then I slowly started improving the quality of our shows by introducing new things and new ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. So now there's this like um, breath of fresh air around our yeah. shows and everyone's wondering, hey, where did you study film from? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I studied it here with you guys. Yeah. But now I remember I kept true to what I wanted. I wanted to be resourceful in everything I do. So whatever show I touched, I wanted to make it better. So every show that was passed my way, I would take time, analyze it, check the different elements of the show, speak to the different mm. participants of the show, and immediately I would introduce new things, mm. improve small things that would just 
um, improve the show in one way or another. It could be from a production perspective, a finance perspective, whatever it was, I just made sure everything I touched had to improve. Mm. Um, then slowly, Eugene started taking me for meetings with clients and just get to understand what it means to sort of take in corporate briefs mm. and um, what does it mean to also manage our clients and, and that whole... Um, area so one of my strengths is pitching to clients and speaking to people I love speaking to people so then he didn't take me to many more meetings because yeah. he realized that was one of my really big strengths yeah. so we would pitch to clients and they'd come back and we would get business and now it became like okay we got this so then slowly moved from production assistant to production manager and um the first celebrity reality show that came our way when I was in Young Rich was Soul Family, mm -hmm. Salty Soul, which was huge. Um, it really, really was. First of all, these are people you watch on TV and you adore. So in my head, I'm like, I'm going to be telling BN to like sit down and do an interview <laughs> and tell him what to do and where to be. He must be crazy. I can't. I'm scared of these people. Yeah. <laughs> So my first day on set with the boys, I was so scared. I'm like, I can't tell them what to mm. do. I don't know. I'm so small. I'm like 21 or 22. I don't yeah. even know. Like, would they even listen to me? But then, hey, you are scared, but you do it. You know, until I struck a really good relationship with the boys. And it made storytelling very different because we sort of found a way to... Not we, but I sort of found a way of um, managing our cast members, the boys in this case, but in a way where they would, there was a balance between friendship and being their boss mm. and being a producer and still managing my team. Mm. And that was my first celebrity reality show that went ahead to do many more. So yeah. pretty much it's been rolling with the punches from way back. Yeah. First of all, I knew about like the whole uh, producer quitting, da, 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 but I didn't know like Yanni Young Rich was for you to the point that <laughs> life God orchestrated it in a way that you're gonna meet Moniki in Kisumu, Kisumu yeah, that's of all meant. places. Yes. You didn't meet him at a job. No, no. Man, I thought you like went for an interview and no. that. No, like Moniki saw this <laughs> light in you, this amazingness that yeah. I keep talking about, this powerhouse and <laughs> this young girl. Because at the time you're how old? Maybe look at 16, that I don't know and he's like you I want you to work for me you yeah. know actually I feel like that's how he said it <laughs> it's like, yeah I need your number take my number mm. yeah and like that's amazing because I mean I know Moniki is like very social and this and that but I know he, he doesn't tell everybody that yeah I'm sure so that that means a lot I don't know if you realize it yeah so you've told us how your dad just said take a pose on aviation go to university so I'm really wondering, how did your family, your father, take this shift in career when you decided to get into production, you decided to be a creative? What were the reactions like? Um, my mom from a long time ago knew I would end up in media in one way or another because oh, wow. she would always say I'm very well spoken. Mm. I know how to analyze and package messages. So mm. she wasn't surprised. But my yeah. father, on the other hand, was like, what? <laughs> 
my mom would tune in to watch all my shows mm. it didn't matter like the first those two episodes that I produced yeah. that I didn't like she watched them and she's yeah. like don't worry you'll be fine yeah. you'll do well just keep learning so my mom was very supportive from the get-go mm. my dad not very much she didn't understand mm. what is that you're doing you know yeah. you should be looking for a government job or something I don't know but then eventually my dad actually came to find out what I do and understood it really well mm. like um, a few months ago not, oh wow not more than four months ago a few years later <laughs> years later yeah oh wow <laughs> so at the start it was more about I think they were okay with, they really saw that I was fighting for me and nothing else mm. and that they couldn't stop me. It was more, okay, is this what you really want to do? Mm. Okay, sure, go ahead. In all of this, you've talked about how you moved from doing their social media to becoming <laughs> a producer, right? Yeah. But you know how just them are, like you will say, <laughs> leading the you're leading the department, <laughs> you're head of production, which is like, huge deal yeah. especially when you say like the first two pieces of content everyone was like what, what is this <laughs> you know what i mean that's yeah. not an easy feat and it's not been that long yeah people can think it's been like 10 years and it's been no, like what three this is now my third year it's been three years yeah of you working in production yeah and you're head of production and yeah. you're doing international shows you're doing local shows you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's not a tiny little thing. Yeah. I don't know. Do you are you convinced of this? Um I don't even know how to answer that. I feel like by the time the company was asking me to step up to this role mm-hmm. of head of production, there was so much self work that I was doing, you mm-hmm. know. I had gotten to a point where I kept assessing myself and pushing myself and seeing, okay, how much more can I do? Mm. How, how much, how farther can I go? Mm. You know, um, I really wanted to really maximize the use of my voice mm. in that company. And I had seen it change things. I had experienced what it means to lead a team mm. and to lead a team and they're happy or they're satisfied or they appreciate your leadership. I had, I wanted to like really push and see how far can I go. Mm. And then also it's the people around me. I mean, have you seen Eugene Bogwa? He never stops. So there's also the aspect that I was surrounded by people who are also pushing themselves further. So I was like, okay, I can't sleep on myself as well. So, um, I, I could produce, like at that point, I would run point on all our shows. Mm. Even without the title head of production, I would know where all our shows stood. I would know how to go about any corporate gig from start to end. So I sort of had gotten to a point where I was looking forward to a bigger challenge, mm. you know. And um, just one afternoon, Mr. Moniki and Eugene called me and they gave me a book. Um, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg and they were like do you know who Sheryl Sandberg is and I'm like um, no but I the name sounds mm. familiar and they're like you need to read this book so I read the book Lean In I don't know if you've read it you mm. need to it's an absolutely beautiful book and it opened my eyes to all the layers of leadership that go mm. into being a certain type of leader right so, like, um, Sheryl Sandberg was the CEO of Facebook. And um, 
Nani, what's the name? The founder of Facebook. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. So she was sort of like his right-hand person. Yeah. And she talks about the pains and the joys of leadership, especially as a woman. Yeah. And all these tendencies we have as women first to be too modest about our achievements, to being too scared to bring about change because you're not sure if people are going to like you or not. Mm. And that book really opened my eyes to, okay, fine. Mm. This, this, um, this duties I have to manage our production, but there's so much more I can do. Mm. I'm in a position of power. I'm in a position where I can speak more. I can use my voice to create new systems around our production mm. house to create systems where people feel appreciated, to work hand in hand with the rest of the management mm. to just improve the conditions of um, how we work. Yeah. So it's like, okay, can I, is it something I can do? Mm. And by the time they were offering me um, this position, yeah. I had already gotten to that point in my life where I wanted a new challenge. Mm. So then it presented itself at a point where I also needed it. Yeah. And then I started my role as head of production, which is much more rigorous. So it's not easy. Every day I feel like there are new challenges. Mm. Um, it's it's a whole new ball game. You'd worked your emotions, your mindset, and everything up to that point. Yeah. But were you? Did you still face imposter syndrome? Always. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's imposter syndrome been like for you in this space? Oh. Outside of the meeting, the initial meeting in a BNMB, like Aki guy, I've been looking up to. So these yeah. guys, <laughs> these guys were making music when I was in high school, and you're telling me to tell them what. Yeah. Other than that, like, how has it been? Like, even walking into board meetings and yeah. trying to pitch, yeah. what has that been like for you? Um, it's been hectic. Like it hits you on the days you don't need the imposter syndrome, man. Different things, honestly. Um, at the start was, am I really going to be able to step up as a leader in that capacity? You know, there's, now there are certain decisions I have to make and mm. am I going to make the right decisions? And, um, you know, also it was, I've seen my senior, Eugene, do so much more and he's so much more knowledgeable in certain things, am I able to step up to that extent? Mm. Will people even listen to my voice when I speak about certain things? Mm. Um, and I also, I'm such a perfectionist, so then will the people under me also understand how I work or the systems that I introduce? Um, a lot of things, honestly. You know, there are days you have big meetings and you prepared to your very best, and that day you feel like, I'm not ready. Mm. You know, I don't think I can stand in front of these people or speak in front of these people. Mm. They're industry leaders here and there. So there are days that come and it happens. Um, and even the days that you have to make tough decisions as a leader, you know, um, those days even hit hardest because you're not such a nice person in some situations, yeah. but you still have to believe that there's a reason you're serving in that position. Mm. So it's affected me in several situations mm. but I feel like I had to get real with myself and get be okay with feeling certain feelings mm. but not allowing myself to wallow in it like yeah. it's okay let's feel like this right now but we're still going to do whatever we are supposed to do yeah because there are certain positions you serve in actually I don't think it's certain positions I think in general in life there's certain places you want to 
get to, you can't allow your feelings to get in the way. Mm. You have to push through even on the hard days, even on the days you don't feel like yeah. you make the cut. Yeah. So for me, it was even on the days I don't feel like I make the cut, I will show up. Yeah. Even the days I feel like maybe this decision is not going to be the best, but I need to make a decision, I will make a decision. Mm. If I need to show up somewhere, even it doesn't matter how I feel, I'm going to show up and deliver. Mm. I think that's so affirming. I don't know if it's just for me or even you guys. Um, I think it's important to do things regardless, to yeah. do it afraid, to do it despite. Because if you don't do it, then then and what no happens? No one will come to push you to do it. No, that's the thing. There's nobody <laughs> no coming to force you to do anything no in this you. life. No yeah. one's coming to tell you you believe it. Okay, people will come and say they believe in yeah. you later, but it has to first start with you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It really, really does. And I know it's it's not the easiest thing to do, but like, you just have to. Yeah. There's, there's no other way to go about it, unfortunately, yeah. for all of us. And I feel like in that time is also where I learned the most. Because then mm. I was now hungry to hear what other leaders are going mm. through. I was studying a lot of um, top leaders, their routines. What do they do? What, mm. you know, what do they like doing? What spaces are they in? Who are their friends? Mm. You know, so then you'd find me listening to podcasts. You'd find me early in the morning in the gym at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Mm. Like, I assumed... I looked at the people I look up to and I said, okay, if these people showed up in a certain way, I want to try showing up in that way and see, okay, if they overcame whatever they say they overcame, can I try? Can I give it a shot? So then I also said, okay, if I want to show up as head of production, I need to see how do certain leaders show up in, in that capacity mm. and how can I prepare myself to serve in that capacity? Yeah. So. I had to shift how I think, yeah. how I feel, how I move, how I talk, everything. What are like two big things that you learned in that season that just replay in your mind often even now? Yeah. That I'm in control. So, you know, I'm in the driver's seat. Yeah. I always remind myself that. So it makes it even easier for me to make decisions because I know I'm responsible for those decisions, mm. whether good or bad. And two, um, everything I go through is generally preparing me for that version of me I yearn for. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if, let's say if I want to be a CEO one day, it means today if I go through a really difficult situation in the office professionally, and I'm going to feel terrible going mm -hmm. through it, but at the end, it's going to prepare me for certain situations in future in that role. Yeah. And I need to be okay with it. There are certain situations I went through as a production assistant, like producing terrible shows, mm. that now, as a head of production, I know the importance of me training and mentoring the people in my team so that they don't have to go through what I went through. Yeah. So you see, it's, it's, it, it just goes back to whatever I'm going through now, it's preparation for a better version of mm. me that's coming soon. Yeah. So those two things are key for me. What I'm wondering in this season also, and maybe even now actually, yeah. what sacrifices have you had to make? What sacrifices do you have to make to climb up the ranks? What sacrifices are you making right now? And then yeah. also considering how young you are. I don't know if you want to say your age or not, <laughs> but she's pretty young, guys. Um, but yeah, considering also your age and yeah. what everybody else your age 
has the time for. Yeah. What things have you had to be like, okay, this is not for me this season or this is for later or yeah. I guess I'll just never have to experience this. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm 26 now. Yeah. I say because uh, when I was starting out at 23, I was looking for people to hold my hand and I didn't have that. So I, I don't even hide my age anymore. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Sacrifices. Man. You have to sacrifice comfort. Like, there's so many mornings I wake up at 4.30 and I'm like, I just want to sleep. But I'm like, no, that's going to mess up our routine. I worked so hard to create. Mm. So, um, I, I also, I feel like sacrifice makes it feel like you're so sad about it. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, what are the things <laughs> that would have been nice? But I guess been nice. maybe not right now. <laughs> um... Okay, remove the sacrifice. No, yeah. this would be nice if I was able to. Hmm. That's a really difficult one for me. I think, okay, maybe I'm not sure if it'd be answering you correctly, but mm-hmm. um, so both my parents are police officers, mm. and growing up in that environment, my parents sort of instilled that. You know, you have to do things a certain type yeah. of way. You have to go to school, get a job, that. So I didn't have the freedom of, you know, dilly darling and sort of trying out many things before you sort of like land what's, you know. Um, so even when maybe like I was going through changes where now I realize well, I can't do obligation, I have to think fast, what else can I do? So I feel like my life has always been moving so fast. I'm not having downtime to sort of wonder and travel and I don't know like I feel like that's the only thing I feel like maybe I kind of missed out on just that freedom of um, having time to sort of wonder and Mm. discover for me I've always been I move fast and I don't know where that came from but because even in my day-to-day, I'm very decisive. People in the office will tell me, how do you make a decision? Because mm-hmm. now from the get-go, from shifting career to my mind, I'm fast at making decisions because I just, I'm moving fast. So I think that comfort and freedom of slowing down and wondering and I didn't have that. Yeah. Do you, have you ever, in your leadership, Jenny, have you ever struggled to lead some people? Like, have you had moments where someone is like, either, eh, this baby is so young and she's trying to tell me to do what? Yeah. Or, oh, this is a woman. Or just moments where someone is like so opposed to your leadership. And yeah. how have you dealt with that? Um, a funny thing is, in all the teams I've worked on, no one has ever been like difficult because of my age. Mm. I think because I don't present myself, you know, it's not something I go even shouting, you know, I'm 20-something mm. and you're 30. Or, I don't know. It's never been like a big factor for me. Mm. I feel like the qualities that are presented to them or like how I present my work and yeah. how I plan the project, people feel they can trust in my leadership. They can trust in the decisions that I make. So my age has really come up. Later is when people are like, wait, what? Mm. How old are you again? You're so good at what you do. 
and I appreciate that. But I, it's never been, um, particularly Diana, it's never been, I've never met difficult people. Mm. Of course, um, it doesn't mean that entirely there's one or two people who won't talk a certain type of way about my age, but it's never been a hindrance towards um, me delivering my mm. work or leading a team. Um, yeah, I feel like um, it's been okay. Yeah. Maybe on um, leading a team is not easy. It's it's not easy because you're dealing with so many different personalities, different backgrounds. They are also experiencing life every mm. day in different ways. Mm. And I think that's one of the areas of my life I feel like I'm constantly learning. Mm. Like there are days I have to make very difficult decisions around people mm. and their lives. And I'm constantly just finding and researching and learning mm. ways. How do I lead people so that they also show up as the best versions of themselves? And how do I also get okay with making the difficult decisions mm. but still achieve the desired results? Yeah. But leading teams is... I never understood why people make a big deal out of leadership until I got there. Because mm. now I understand what it really means to lead people. What does it really mean <laughs> to lead people? Oh man, you get tried and tested every day, mm. every day. And um, you feel like um, you meet the most amazing people and you also meet the most difficult people. Mm. You meet people who are zealous about their job and they want to learn and they want to grow and they yeah. hold your hand. And you guys make a great team. Mm. But you also meet people who have potential and it's your job to sort of get it out of them and and and, and mentor and hold their hand through them. And mm. sometimes it's not easy. And sometimes you'll just genuinely meet people who would care less about mm. what your leadership role is. They have their own version of what their role is and where mm. you come in. Mm. So it's, it's a lot. It's also... Learning when to uh, extend duty of care and when to be a dis, a dis, um, uh, and when to exercise disciplinary mm. on people. It's learning when to be a friend and when to be a boss. Yeah. It's learning when to be empathetic and when to be, mm. you know, so tough. It's it's one of those things you never really get a hang of it. Yeah. You're dealing with different issues every day. You're dealing with different challenges every day so um that's one of the things you constantly learn i think i've read so many articles and books about leaders in the world and that's the one thing people keep saying they, mm. they're still learning yeah it seems you have like a pretty healthy relationship with the different people who work under you work with you yeah how have you been able to foster that or how would you like advise somebody to foster that in their positions of leadership it's hard mm. Um, and it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy every day. And there are probably people who maybe feel I would have handled certain situations differently. Mm. I do acknowledge that days I will, you know, I'll come up short. But I try to, what I'm actively trying to do even now is to have one-on-ones with my team members. Mm and get to understand what their career ambitions are besides what their day-to-day duties and responsibilities are at DNR. So getting to understand, you know, what do you truly want out of production? Mm. 
you know, where do you see yourself in the coming years and how can I personally contribute to that? Um, and also when I see someone is struggling with something, um, a lot of times I will step in and first see how they do it, then give them notes on specific pointers. Not in a demeaning way, but in a way to show them it can be done and you can do it and you're doing it you just need to improve a b c d and sometimes it also means being tough mm. because they also need to understand um you know tough love doesn't just apply in other relationships yeah. even to our professional lives yeah. right so there are days i have to be tough with my team like hey these are our kpis or this yeah. is this is a goal we, we are working towards why isn't this moving like this so it's I'm trying to make it full circle mm. where we can have a one-on-one relationship and I get to truly understand what they care about and still maintain my authority and my space as their supervisor. Yeah. And also extend a duty of care when I need to because mm. also life is happening to them. So even when life is moving fast, I try to slow down and okay, get to understand. Mm. Is there a particular reason maybe they're slowing down? Is there something personal they're going through? Mm. And I need to understand. And again, you're going to also meet people who are not interested in growth. Yeah. You could point it to them in black and white and they're not keen on growth. And they're going to blame everything, including you, mm. <laughs> for not growing. But that's not your job. As long as, as a leader, you've taken time, you've put in the work, you've given mm. people the pointers on things you think they should improve on, and given specific examples of where you feel they need to improve, then you've done your part. Mm. Yeah. Do you... Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, actually. Yeah. This is not going to come out as a question. I feel like mentorship mm-hmm. is a big thing for you because even when when we first met and I told you, oh, I'm interested in production in Nini, the first thing you did was that that notebook that you're talking about, the FO, where you literally wrote yeah. everything you're learning <laughs> about production. You're like, here, take, read. Yeah. And you gave it to me and I think I spent like the afternoon with it, like flipping through and understanding. Yeah. But even when I follow you on Instagram and I see you with the different girls and stuff like yeah. that, it seems like you're big on holding, holding people's hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering why is that important you yeah um i'm really passionate about mentorship Mm. it's something i truly truly hope to to get into in detail and in just full circle Mm. um i didn't have anyone to hold my hand i've had experiences where people who are above me did not extend that hand to me Mm. and it was very difficult for me at the start and i've also been in rooms where people have held my hand and um I've gotten full support Mm. and I know what that feels like. And I've also been with people who have supported and they're like, you know, I really needed that Mm. in different aspects. Um, It's just, in general, I've just seen the power of what collaboration and mentorship can do. Mm. And I think it's powerful. So I really want to be a part of a team or a group of people who we can hold each other's hands and, you know, and even right now, I have such a great relationship with my with the production managers under mm. me because we agree this is our goal. Yeah. And we all agree this is how we're going to move. This is how what we're going to achieve. Let's yeah. go. If there are challenges, come, let's talk about it. Yeah. Not, I'm not as, not as a supervisor now, as my teammates. Yeah. What challenge are you having in this production? Have, have you tried A, B, C, D? Okay. 
how would you want me? First, I asked them, how would you want me to come in? Because mm. um, I also want to foster the aspect of problem solving in them mm. first. So Which how do you see me coming in as a solution before I come in and yeah. give my own version? So then we have this relationship where I sort of allow them to come up with solutions mm-hmm. by themselves and I'll come in and say, okay, that's a good idea. Consider adding A, B, C, D. So I feel like um, mentorship is very important. Yeah. It, 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 it makes a whole lot of difference. And the only way for me to also elevate is for the people under me to also elevate. It's true. Yeah. Let's take it back a little bit. You told us about your school, but we don't know. Did you finish at Masena University? Did you get your degree? I did graduate with a bachelor's degree of international relations Mm -hmm. and diplomacy with IT. I've been thinking about going back to school, but not for international relations. Mm -hmm. And even after that, I went to the University of Nairobi and took a short course on public relations. Um, So I've always been the type, I love reading, I love studying. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's ever going to stop. I really love, love reading. And learning things. So. Do you think you'd get on a plane right now and try and fly it? Like, okay, not literally right now, but like, <laughs> as in, would you go back to aviation school and try it out? I think I would go back, but not with the goal of being a commercial or airline pilot. Probably just to get my private pilot license yeah. and fly as a hobby or, you know, just mm. get to experience something I would have experienced years ago, but not commercially. What are three big things, big wow moments, big things you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening that you've experienced, let's say, in the last year or the last three years, if you feel like sharing, that you could tell us that we can make celebrate with you and join your joy? <laughs> um, hmm. Okay, the most recent is definitely being the producer and showrunner of The Real Houses of Nairobi. This is an international franchise. Come yeah. on, you know. I remember we were pitching for it last year and then when we got the job it was crazy like I was the one pitching you know mm-hmm. we went to Cape Town and sitting with NBC Universal face to face sitting with producers from the other versions hearing from guys from Beverly Hills and um, hearing from the producers and directors and DOPs of Durban Cape Town Lagos and Sitting in one room where people understand your language, people understand yeah. your pains, and people yeah. understand your joys, that was like, whoa, that was a very beautiful moment for me. Wow. And even now, when seeing Kenyans taking this show that I poured my heart and my soul into, that's, that's a big mm. moment for me. Um, another big moment for me would be... Um, huh. I think... Seeing our company grow as well, yeah. DNR, because when I joined three years ago, we didn't have a board of directors. Uh, I mean, during COVID, we had closed down mm. and we were literally working from Eugene's backyard. Yeah. Then when we moved to Adlife Plaza and opened this beautiful office, so that was also a wow moment for me. And I think also the moment when they offered me the job as mm. head of production was also a wow moment because... There was so much inner work I was doing. I was not. I had not been told there's a big promotion coming mm. or there's this big title coming. No, I was just genuinely working on me. Mm. So when it was offered to me, it felt like okay. You know what? How people say preparation meets yeah opportunity. Yeah, like that was it for me. I had 
not been told there's this mm. whole restructuring happening and we're looking into making you head of production no yeah so this was my three big wow moments in the last three years wow yeah i think for me well working for you um me a big wow moment it wasn't even like a big it wasn't like a big moment like in the grand scheme of things yeah. but i think we were driving from some we're driving from a from a shoot somewhere in a slum somewhere and we're going to the office to drop things off and then go to bed yeah um and just listening to you speaking and you spoke a bit about Eugene and then a bit about yourself and i think at that that time Eugene was 30 so how old must have you been 24 <laughs> i think um and just talking about how like what your experience is watching Eugene as young as he is yeah. in this position doing everything he's doing but me in my head i'm thinking girl props to Eugene by the way he's done amazing amazing things yeah. um considering everything yeah but i was thinking what about you even you like you're 24 i think at the time yeah or 23 and you're here you're running this you came on set to oversee you didn't come on set to like working you know what i mean yeah. and i was just like wow i think honestly i don't i don't think you know this but you're a huge reason i still chose to continue pursuing wow. production because i was like look at her um as young as she is as kind as she is and she's been able to do all of these things mm-hmm. Then even for me it's possible. You know yeah, what I mean? Cuz I think yeah. I started production as soon as I turned 18 right about there. Yeah. And seeing that you were where you are was like okay there's room for me to grow, there's room for even accelerator growth hopefully. Yeah. And for me that was a huge wow moment just listening to your story. Then even just listening to how passionate you are about the company and watching it grow yeah. and the different relationships you're fostering in that time. I yeah. think that was pretty big. Now we're here. You've been a head of production for a while now. You've been producing so many shows. You've you've been doing amazing for yourself in your career. Where do you think you're going? What are the career shifts you see coming ahead of you? What are some of the dreams you have for yourself for the industry? Um a lot. Uh so having just done our first international franchise mm-hmm. there's a lot that has changed also for me. So career wise, you know, I'm not at a point where I'm trying to to see how much um more can I add to the industry first mm, through different ways. I think I'm still figuring out what that looks like. Mm. But also most importantly, I've interacted with now a ton more people in different spaces and yeah. industries. Now I'm very curious to know how other industries influence how we work mm. in production and how production influences how they work and how can we create a synergy you know mm. I think that's where I am so right now I really want to explore other industries and get to truly understand what they mm. do is it the um, medicine industry is it the aviation industries that transport mm. industry i just want to get to understand i want to get a better understanding of our economy our mm. markets i want to get to understand um much more ab- about the ecosystems around production i'm at a point where i really want to challenge the status quo like yeah. production is very stand alone like this is what we do and people can't i don't know there's just a way i'm trying to find and to understand how 
uh, industry and my role can synergize better mm. in other industries. Mm. I want to truly understand the ecosystem around what we do. Because what we've also learned at BNR is systems work. Mm. Create systems and systems that mm. work. So are we able to create systems where people can take our industry much more seriously? Are we able to have banks sit down with us and respect yeah. um, the industry? Are we able to... Um, are we able to shape culture and and challenge norms in, in, in our industry mm-hmm. and in other industries? I'm just in a space where now I'm questioning a lot of things yeah. as well, not just about our industry as film production, but also the industries around us. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. And it's really important because even, even for me, because I'm still working in the industry, I really do want to see us soar. And it's yeah. nice to hear that People like you in positions where like you can actively create that change also want to see us so and you're trying to figure out, okay, what is missing? How can we do this? Okay, this is what we need to do. Let's do it. Yeah. And I like to hear that. And then also like all these industries like fl- coming together and working together because that's just how the world works. Yeah. And I think sometimes we remove ourselves from that as creatives mm-hmm. and it's important to come back to it and just like remember that everything works in synergy with 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 itself yeah um i think i want to ask three things but they're kind of the same question okay so um the first one is what would you say to another leader right now like what piece of either hope encouragement would you or even just a nice little word to like to tell them you're doing good would you say to a leader yeah right now it's okay not to know things. It's okay to be scared. It's truly okay, yeah. honestly. Like, it's not new to you. You will figure it out one way or another. And you'll grow through whatever it is you're going through. Like, but it's going to give you a better and a stronger version of you as a leader. Yeah. But it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay not to know things. It's fine. Mm. Yeah, you'll be fine. What would you tell me okay. right now? <laughs> first, good job. Thank you. You know, yeah. First of all, good job. And um, don't stop. Like, there's no boundaries. And don't let anyone tell you this. Just this far. You know, it's not possible. It's possible. Anything. Anything, any little thing, any crazy big thing you think about, it's very possible to make it happen. So, I, I gosh, wish I could go back to like being twenty-one. <laughs> Just push it, like push it as hard as you possibly can, and get into rooms with your head held up high, like you know everything you need to know, but still humble enough to learn. But don't be scared to get into any room. Like, you deserve to be in those rooms. Even when you're going to ask, and even if you're going to, even if you're just curious, like, don't be scared to get into certain rooms because actually, what we say with Eugene, it's not your job to say no to yourself. Mm, Take that and run with it. Like, in this year's, run with it. Go everywhere and anywhere. Ask as many questions as possible. Don't let anyone put you in a box. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, mm-hmm. what would you tell? Thank you for that. First okay. of all, but what would you tell somebody who's 
kind of in that position you are in when you are going to aviation school and deciding <laughs> about school someone who's just begun life just yeah. about to become an adult or is, has just become an adult yeah. who's about to make a huge decision that may or may not will impact the rest of their life actually there's no may or may not yeah what would you tell them in terms of their decision making in terms hmm. of just the future <clears throat> yeah but you can always start over you know, um, I mean, I could say, maybe the way I say it looks easy. I just stopped aviation and I went to university. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of starting over. There's a lot of closing chapters and going through emotions and being sad and bitter and pained. Mm. And there's also that feeling where you see your other friends are pursuing whatever that was and having to deal with your own emotions. But there's also a beauty in starting over, mm. right? It's okay. You can always start over. Even if you're not sure about this path you're starting, just start it. Just make sure you're constantly in motion. But when you feel like um, you're scared, maybe you're doubting yourself, you can always start over. It's not the end, imagine. Mm. Yeah, I think you're going to make a lot of decisions. And it's fine. You, you, I know people say you have time and it sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's true. Yeah. You have time to make mistakes. You have time to discover yourself again. Mm. You can start over. You can start over and you'll be fine. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, Just one thing. Mm-hmm. Another wow factor for me this mm-hmm. year was being nominated in the Women in Film Awards yeah. as Best Documentary Producer. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> yes. And she's award winning and she's also nominated and just an amazing woman all around. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for You're coming. Welcome. And thank you for affirming people, for sharing with people, educating them. Um, I think we've not heard from you much, so it's nice to hear from the person who's behind yeah. all of these voices <laughs> we hear and all the spaces we see on TV. Yeah. Again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for You're sharing welcome. with us. Um, guys, this was Carol. Um, you can find her on Instagram at Lucky Carolina, and you can watch so many of the shows she's done. I will list them in the description box or in the show notes um, for those of you listening audibly, and you can go and check them out. Um, I also want to say thank you for everybody who's been who's helped this production come to be, from Florats who helped with the flowers, to Creations who are creative directors for this. I'd also like to thank the men behind the camera, that's Angaza Films and Dynamic Pictures. They've been so great um, in helping us out throughout this um, podcast. And I also want to thank you for listening and for engaging. Please let us know your thoughts in the comment section. Tell us a little bit about your story, about how maybe this story has impacted you or something similar has impacted you. We all want to listen to each other um i also want to thank myself and by that i mean you guys go follow me on instagram um at sha underscore shiko and please engage with all our social media profiles at stories of impact underscore shashiko thank you thank you so much for giving us your time love and light goodbye